Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be uh, Mosiah chapter 13. So let's go ahead and get into this. This is the uh, continuation of the story of Abinadi. Now, Abinadi has been uh, summoned to court here. He's meeting with the king and the priests. And so he's going to now uh, speak up and and uh, they've asked him a question. And so he's going to continue to answer that question. Verse 1 says, And now when the king had heard these words, he said unto his priests, Away with this fellow and slay him, for what have we to do with him? For he is mad. And they stood forth and attempted to lay their hands on him, but he withstood them and said unto them, Touch me not, for God shall smite you if ye, if ye lay your hands upon me, for I have not delivered the message which the Lord sent me to deliver. Neither have I told you that which ye requested that I should tell. Therefore God will not suffer that I shall be destroyed at this time. So he's doing what Nephi had done to his brothers, where he said not to touch him. And so he's doing the same thing here. Uh, and he's being protected by the Lord in this uh, so that he can deliver the message that he has to give them. And then he says it doesn't really matter what happens after that. The Lord protects us until our mission is accomplished. Abinadi must have known that he would die delivering the Lord's message. The powers of darkness, for all their seeming might, cannot defeat the purposes of the Lord. They may hinder the Lord's servants, it is true, but they cannot prevent the accomplishment of his purposes. As with Christ, so with his faithful servants. Each has the protection of heaven in the accomplishment of his or her mission. President Kimball said, Many people die before their time because they are careless, abuse their bodies, take unnecessary chances, or expose themselves to hazards, accidents, and sickness. It has been said that the death of a righteous man is never untimely because our Father sets the time. I believe that with all my soul. That was President Kimball. Elder Maxwell said, the Father's plan comprehends and is inlaid with his personal plans for each of us, including our individual trial. Only a few people seem to have known something of their longevity and personal timetables. We trust in the timing of the Lord and meanwhile know that the days and years of righteous individuals will not be numbered less. Verse 4, But I must fulfill the commandments wherewith God has commanded me, and because I have told you the truth, ye are angry with me. <clears throat> and again, because I have spoken the word of God, ye have judged me that I am mad. Noah is accusing God of being mad. If uh, Abinadi is mad, then Noah does not have to consider the truth of his message. <clears throat> Verse 5, And now it came to pass, after Abinadi had spoken these words, that the people of King Noah durst not lay their hands on him, for the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, and his face shone with exceeding luster, even as Moses' did while in the Mount of Sinai, while speaking with the Lord. Remember when, the, when Moses came down from the mountain, he um, his face was shiny, and so in order for him to be able to be with the people, they had to cover it with a veil. Uh, the same thing happened to the prophet Joseph Smith. Um, he was um, There was a time when he was um, full of the spirit and the following accounts uh, was given by Emmeline B. Wells. He, she said, the power of God rested upon him to such a degree that on many occasions he seemed transfigured. His expression was mild and almost childlike in repose and when addressing the people 
who loved him, it seemed to, to adoration. The glory of his countenance was beyond description. At other times, the great power of his manner, more than of his voice, which was sublimely eloquent to me, seemed to shake the place on which we stood and penetrate the inmost soul of the hearers. And I am sure that when that then they would have laid down their lives to defend him. Marianne Winters said, I stood close by the prophet while he was preaching to the Indians in the grove by the temple. The Holy Spirit lighted up his countenance till it glowed like a halo around him, and his words penetrated the hearts of all who heard him, and the Indians looked as solemn as eternity. Also, uh, after the untimely martyrdom, while, they, while many saints struggled to know who was to be the next leader of the church, a remarkable thing happened during an August conference in 1844. The visage of, of Brigham Young was luminescent, transformed to resemble the prophet Joseph. Those with spiritual eyes were witnesses to the event. Jane Snyder Richards wrote, After his tragic death, I attended the meeting at which Brigham Young addressed the saints and saw his face illuminated and appear as the face of Joseph, while the voice of Joseph seemed to address the people through the mouth of Brigham Young. I can never forget the divine thrill that passed through the audience on that occasion and the impression and that the appearance and voice of Joseph produced upon his hearers. And so that's... Um, what happened to Joseph and Brigham, that they their faces also were shiny, uh, just like Abinadi's here. Verse 6, And he spake with power and authority from God, and he continued his words, saying, Ye see that ye have not power to slay me. In other words, their bounds are set, they cannot pass. Thy days are known, and thy years shall not be numbered less. Therefore, fear not what man can do, for God shall be with you forever and ever. And that's Doctrine and Covenants, section 122, verse 9. And as, as it was with Joseph Smith, so it was with Abinadi. And for that matter, so it is with all the household of faith. Continuing verse 7, Therefore I finish my message, yea, and I perceive that it cuts you to your hearts, because I tell you the truth concerning your iniquities. Yea, and my words fill you with wonder and amazement and with anger. That they had feelings about his words is an indication that the repentance process was starting. However, only one of the priests actually does repent. Verse 9, But I finish my message, and then it matters not whither I go, if it so be that I am saved. But this much I tell you, what you do with me after this shall be as a type and a shadow of things which are to come. I think if I was uh, them, I would have treated him very nicely so that I would be treated nicely. By slaying Abinadi, Noah and his priests condemned themselves to death. Verse 11, And now I read unto you, the fact that Abinadi knows the scriptures well may be an indication that he was a deposed priest uh, under Zenith. The remainder of the commandment of God... The commandments of God, for I perceive that they are not written in your hearts. They probably knew the commandments, but they were not written upon their hearts through the Spirit. I perceive that ye have studied and taught iniquity the most part of your lives. He does not comment on the commandments, except as, so to say that Noah and his priests have not kept them, nor have they taught them to their people, that they had the commandments available to them as evident by the fact that Abinadi is reading, not quoting them. It would be marvelous to live as a, in a society in which there were, was no killing, adultery, stealing, lying, coveting, and so on. Yet if that were the extent of the gospel given us, though we would have temporal peace and tranquility, we would be without such things as the gift of the Holy Ghost, the priesthood, the promise of resurrection, and the hope of eternal life. The promises of the gospel reach far beyond Israel's covenant to keep the Ten Commandments. And that was from Millet and McConkie. Verse 12, And now, and now ye remember that I said unto you, so Abinadi is just reminding them of the first two commandments uh, back in uh, Mosiah chapter 12. Here he again 
uh, begins with the second commandment and continues through all ten. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of things which are in heaven above or which are in the earth beneath or which are in the water under the earth. And again, thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them nor serve them, for I, the, I am the Lord God. For I, the Lord God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generations of them that hate me. So he's going back over the Ten Commandments because obviously they have not understood them or taught them or maybe they've forgotten them. Uh, verse 14, And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day, the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger within that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor thy manservant, or his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And it came to pass that after Abinadi had made an end of these sayings, that he said unto them, Have ye taught this people that they should observe to do all these things for to keep these commandments? I say unto you, Nay, for if ye had, the Lord would not have caused me to come forth and to prophesy evil concerning this people. And now ye have said that salvation cometh by the law of Moses. I say unto you that it is expedient that ye should keep the law of Moses as yet. But I say unto you, that the time shall come when it shall no more be expedient to keep the law of Moses. In other words, salvation is in Christ, not the law. And moreover, I say unto you that salvation doth not come by the law alone. And were it not for the atonement, which God himself shall make for the sins and iniquities of his people, that they must unavoidably perish, notwithstanding the law of Moses. Keeping the word of wisdom will not save you, but keeping it is necessary step to qualify for the atonement of Christ. Verse 29, And now I say unto you that it was expedient, that there should be a law given to the children of Israel, yea, even a very strict law, for they were a stiff-necked people, quick to do iniquity and slow to remember the Lord their God. The Bible tells us what happened, but the Book of Mormon explains why it happened. Here we have a, de a definitive explanation of why the law of Moses was given. Now, the law of Moses included about 613 laws that they were required to keep. And uh, when, when we get down to the time of Jesus' life, uh, the Pharisees, uh, what they considered that they had done is that they took the Ten Commandments and then built a box around them with so many laws that by keeping those laws, you couldn't break the Ten Commandments. That was kind of the reason for them. Uh, but the 613 laws that they had uh, was very difficult to keep track of. That's why they had Pharisees and scribes and so on to explain them to everybody. Verse 30, therefore, there was a law given them, yea, a law of performances and of ordinances, a law which they, they were to observe strictly from day to day to keep them in remembrance of God and their duty towards him. But behold, I say unto you that all these things were types of things to come. This is the whole meaning of the law. As Alma says, every wit pointing to the great and last sacrifice and that great and last sacrifice will be the son of God, yea, infinite and eternal. 
And now, did they understand the law? I say unto you, nay, they did not at all understand the law, and this because of the hardness of their hearts. For they understood not that there could not any man be saved except it were through the redemption of God. For behold, did not Moses prophesy unto them concerning the coming of the Messiah, and that God should esteem his people, yea, and even all the prophets who have prophesied ever since the world began? Have they not spoken more or less concerning these things? Prophets are not equal in knowledge, power, or spiritual talents. This is the most repeated prophecy, though. Verse 34, Have they not said that God himself should come down among the children of men and take upon him the form of man? Note that Abinadi did not say he, Christ, would be a man, but rather he would have the form of a man. King Limhi picked up on this, on this nuance, explaining that Abinadi taught that Christ was the God, the Father of all things, and he would take upon himself the image of a man. Again, the scriptures clearly distinguish between what the Savior was and what we are. Jesus may have shared our image, but he still retained his position as God. It was because he was God and not man that Jesus could minister as he did. King Benjamin was told by an angel that the Savior would suffer temptations and pain of body, hunger, thirst, and fatigue even more than man can suffer, except it be unto death. The reason we could not endure the Savior's suffering, hunger, thirst, or fatigue is that we do not possess the divine power that he did. And that was by Richard Draper. Aren't we thankful that he was able to do that so that he could do the atonement? Continuing verse 34, And go forth in mighty power upon the face of the earth. Yea, and have they not said also that he should bring to pass the resurrection of the dead, and that he himself should be oppressed and afflicted? And so this is the end of this first part of the of Abinadi's comments to King Noah and the, and the people here. Um, it's it's uh, important for us to remember that Abinadi has a mission to accomplish and the Lord is protecting him to be able to complete that mission. And uh, we each have missions too to perform and how are we doing at, uh, at fulfilling those? Do we know what they are? Have we received our patriarchal blessing that might give us some indications of what our mission might be and what our, what our responsibilities on earth might be? Think about that. I bear testimony of the truth of these things, that this is translated material and, and that the book was written and translated by the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time.